<clears throat> Do you guys remember that moment when uh, Hugh Jackman says reminiscences? Yeah, that's my title. And I was like, oh, there's got to be a better way to say that. Reminiscence tablets. Yeah, or... We're all recording, right? Yes. Recording now. I am recording now. The, the Remini. No, no, the Reminisci. The Reminisces. Reminisces would probably be the perfect. That would probably be way better. Yeah. But you know, it's written by uh, Lisa Joy, so you get what you get. I mean, don't say she's, that she's derogatorily. Sh like, she, no, she, she's, she's a good idea person. I just don't know if her dialogue is uh, the best. Yeah, I got plenty to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or at least have someone else. <laughs> uh, and, and by plenty, I mean I got about ten minutes worth of worth of things to say about this movie, and then we can go. I, you know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, eh, "This should be a short one." <laughs> yeah, I, 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 this is, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm saving for the cast. Okay. Saving for the cast. Okay. I'm saving for the cast. Okay. Yeah, I'm saving for the cast. Okay. The cast that you're about to listen to, right? Now. Alright, that's the new intro. Did you like it? That was the new one. That's the new one. You crushed it. <clears throat> Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... Jason. I'm Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. And, and tonight we are talking about uh, Reminiscence. Uh, Reminiscence is the 2021 uh, brand fucking new movie. Uh, so like, we've been out, what, a week and a half at this point? Uh, written and directed by Lisa Joy. It is starring uh, Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, I believe it's just still Fanny Newton. I know she changed the spelling of her name, but... Uh, Tondaway, right? Huh? Tondaway? I think Tondaway, I believe, yeah. T Tondaway? Pronounced differently. Yeah. All right. Tondaway Newton uh, and uh, Cliff Curtis, who Jason has said is a bad man. Apparently. Uh, oh, I also want to throw him in there because he's cool. Uh, Daniel Wu. Uh, I, I liked his uh, Badlands show that he did for a little while, so I just could throw him in there. He played the uh, St. Joe. <clears throat> oh, right. Uh, music was by uh, Ramin uh, Jawadi. And I have a budget for you guys. Somewhere between 54 and $68 million. <clears throat> I don't think it's really fair to count the uh, box office yet. However, it's only made four point nine million dollars to date. So, Ooh. Ooh. oops. Yeah, well, That's I mean, I feel like I feel like I don't know if like a resurgence of the Delta variant has an effect on this. I don't know because I mean we've had commercially successful films. 
lately. Yeah. So uh, you can't it, completely it, chalk it up. And I know the uh, HBO Max. HBO Max would be the, probably the biggest one. There. I know. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I was this sta- is I, just a movie that people are not willing to see in theaters at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there, 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 are, there are movies that are worth the risk, and then there are movies that are not worth the risk. And I think people kind of sniffed out that this was not one worth the risk. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm all about the theater and getting everybody out to the cinema and stuff like that. But I was really thinking about standing outside of a theater and just being like, no, just, just go home. Just go, go home. I'll give you my login. <laughs> I think if this was a musical, it would have gotten a lot of people in the theater. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think it was originally planned to be a musical, and Hugh Jackman was going to reprise his role as Jean Valjean, but in the future. Mm. And it just it didn't really pan out that way, and I think you're seeing that in the box office returns. This would have been mm. a but good we'll talk musical. about it. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I'll tell you what you, tell you what we think about it. Uh, Fuck, I forgot what I was about to say. Uh, so I guess it wasn't important. Anyways, boys, before we get too far into it, Ben, what is this movie about? Before I say that, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our new patron, uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, we, have, we haven't been putting anything on Patreon in a while, but hey, thanks. We got it. More of you go something. over there and go on to Patreon. We will uh, worry about that. Uh, but until <laughs> oh, then, uh, 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 I, could... I remember what I was going to say. He, huh? I remember, I'm sorry. Go ahead for a minute. I remember oh. what I was going to say now. You know, we uh, he he didn't subscribe anything high enough to like you know get in. I think, but uh, but he's he's just supporting us. So thank you so much. That's nice. That's uh, really we appreciate awesome. it. Well, you, I have some time tonight, so I'm going to catch up on all of our Patreon feet picks. I can probably get them posted yeah, up there, right. and um, we can make sure that uh, we, we take care of all of our you, fine patrons. You, you Thank do you. the thing for, where you put a little foam in between your toes, and you're just painting your toes. I really got to get the angle grinder out on yeah, my I think, toes. I think that would sell I'm well. doing it right now. Uh, so what I was going to say is, the amount of money that I probably would have spent at the theater to see this movie, I spent getting a month subscription to HBO Max, where there's a fuck ton of shit for me to watch. So I'm not going to lie. I want to save the theater, too. That was way more convenient for me to just get a one-month subscription to HBO. Yeah, but we and don't support I that. Can... Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, say we now we I have uh, uh, another tool that I can uh, utilize to uh, show my students cool shit. So that works out. HBO. Mm, I didn't Thank think you, about HBO. that. That's, good. That's All right, a good point. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah. Just wanted to say patreon.com slash sci-fi cross-sections is where you can go to... Uh, Help us out there, and the more people who do that, uh, maybe it will be worth it again one day. Uh, but right now, it's not. So, uh, with that being said, diving in. In the near future, the sea levels have risen to flood Miami and other parts of the world, and the world is at endless war. Nick Bannister and his partner, Watts, run a business that allows people to relive their memories. When Nick sees a lost love in the memories of a criminal during an interrogation, he begins a search that leads to him uncovering a family conspiracy. It's reminiscence. 
I think when when uh be an editing note here for Miller, I want him to add in like a harp or something like that when you talk about like sea levels rising, just like some uh like Little Mermaid like. All right. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay. I'll add it in there. Don't worry about that. Um, No, we got it. It's good. We'll get it. I uh, all right, boys. I'm just gonna go right off the bat that this movie ticks so many boxes of what I think I would have loved in a sci-fi movie. First off, I got Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Love him. All right. Can say that. Uh, I love a good noir story. I love a good detective story. Uh, guy just trying to figure out what the fuck happened or what's going on. Like, I always enjoy that. The setting was amazing. A fucking half mostly flooded Miami. Really cool. Uh, so we're getting that kind of water world thing. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah. I kind of just left with this, uh, lukewarm impression of this movie. I'll tell you what well, let me just oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let, let me just start by saying I completely agree with like the aesthetic of the movie overall. Like that really is kind of what I'm left with, and I'm sure we'll talk about you know the the intricacies of the plot or or the lack of intricacy of the plot or whatever. But like visually, this movie was fucking gorgeous. It just looked great. I mean, the color palette, the shots. Um, the art style, I love how it was like this art deco, everyone's wearing these suits that look like they're from the 1930s, but it's, you know, the future after, uh, some sort of environmental collapse, uh, happens, you know, this kind of idea of like an American Venice, you know, they do that sweeping shot in the, the, I think one of the very first shots in the film where it kind of shows like, you know, the, the abandoned coast, but then as you get closer in, you see that well, in lieu of streets, it's docks and all these buildings have these docks coming off and you know you see kind of the city come alive at night i thought like as far as just establishing kind of the tone of the film um and just the the art style of the film it was wonderfully done and i love just like how rich the color kind of scheme is with like all the gold hues and there's like lots of reds and golds and yellows and you know kind of like the neon sort of haze color uh, or haze like filter going on uh so i mean right off the bat i think the film made a really good impression um if it maintained that or if that was enough is something else for us to discuss but definitely uh, i think a good first impression right off the rip yeah it's uh great for i i agree it was a good first impression honestly i found myself caring a little bit more about it as it went on uh but Overall, I think what really, like, leaves the bad taste in the mouth is that, like, no one gives it their all here. We know every single person in the cast, in the crew, everyone is is capable of something better than what we got. And it's just so lukewarm and average and mediocre in just about every way. Hugh Jackman puts a mediocre performance in Tandy Newton, Tondaway Newton, excuse me, puts a mediocre performance in Lisa Joy's script is mediocre to bad at times. Her direction is mediocre. Uh, you know, the, I think the only person who, who does a good job is, is the, is the art director of the film, whoever that is. Good job. And, out and, there. Uh, and Cliff Curtis. Thank you. 
Uh, I guess I think Cliff Curtis is uh, is is. I mean, he's a character actor. He does what he has to do, and he does it well, I guess. So fine, fair enough. I'll accept Cliff Curtis. Uh, it's just so boring. It was so boring, and even the action set pieces were boring. Like they were, they felt so rehearsed and just the, unimaginative. Yes, the uh, the fight sequences. Where that's not what I was looking for in this movie. I would have been happy if there was no fight sequences, to be honest. Yeah. Um, as you said, they looked over-rehearsed. There was nothing natural about the movements they were doing. Uh, specifically, that way drawn-out fight scene between... Um, uh, I don't remember their character's name. It's Nick and... Uh, what was Cliff Curtis's character? Uh, Cyrus, Cyrus Booth. Cyrus. Cyrus Booth. Their long drawn out fight scene chase around that like area that was just Awful. way too long. I, I was I, I stopped paying attention. I was like looking at something else for a minute. And that was the climax. Well, yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Just, I just want to say that's the climax of the film. Yeah, and I think that that you know to that point you guys are making right now, like there were some really cool shots. In that scene, I remember the one where they kind of uh, break into that room and it's like the music room or whatever. And there's all the like, you know, um, music stands and the piano and everything. And like as they're fighting uh, pieces of like uh, the cloth or whatever, like the coverings over the windows are falling off and you have this like really cool glow. And then, you know, you you have more and more light kind of entering. And then you have that scene where, um, you know. Uh, probably 35 minutes later when they're still fighting through those buildings. Uh, I think it's uh, Hugh Jackman um, knocks Cliff Curtis's character down into that. Uh, it's like a giant like hall, like a theater type, you know, auditorium. And he gets caught in the piano. And then, um, you know, you see that scene where uh, they're both kind of fighting. Um, he saves him and then, you know, they fight again. And then uh, Hugh Jackman kind of falls into the abyss or whatever. Like, I guess that's kind of my point. It, it, like, it's so beautiful. It's so well shot and just wow. You know, I mean, those. But I think that's probably what we're all getting at, right? That here we are. I watched it yesterday, um, and I watched it at home, uh, HBO Max. But I'm not really left with any sort of feelings, one way or the other, about the story or the performances or anything. I'm left more. That was really beautiful. But it was really boring yeah. <laughs> and it was a lot of work to get to those beautiful shots and they were great shots but i don't know if it necessarily was worth it worth the two hours to like have those like interspersed 10 shots over the two hour runtime that were like holy shit that's beautiful that could be a painting but oh you know where's the story that really is engaging us or, or captivating us i yeah. just got it i just got it <sighs> The Orpheus story is them because they're not supposed to look back. Duh. Yeah. Okay. Just got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, better late than never. That's what they say. Yeah. There we go. Um, I just want to yeah. say, by the way, I'm using I just, I, my my brain was turned off by the end of it, so I didn't really think about it. I just want to point out to all of our listeners that I myself am using the Orpheus myth much better, in my opinion, over at Once Upon a Tavern. So tune into that at Once Upon a Tavern every Sunday at Twitch TV. <laughs> Slash once upon a tavern, uh, because I am. It was like, wait, why are you including this? Is it because? And here's the thing, and this is really like, this is my the meat of what I gotta say, and then I'm not probably don't really have anything else to say except maybe some some piggybacks off of what other people say at this point. But Lisa Joy is obviously a fan of the Nolans, you know. She yeah. she she really likes one of them. 
Uh, I, I, she liked him so much she married him. And then uh, she, she, I don't know, I, I'd have to assume she likes, you know, his brother. Because uh, she certainly tries to recreate his style and his stuff uh, <laughs> from his long, stupid, drawn-out dialogue to his look, like the look of his films, to the even, even kind of like the grounded, uh, the one, the one <laughs> strong aspect that I've always liked about Christopher Nolan is he manages to ground high-concept ideas. I thought that was always like a really strong aspect of his, like in Tenet. And in an inception, they always feel like movies. They always they they feel like grounded action films, but they have these really high concept sci fi ideas, and that is a strength here. Where like she she definitely pulls that properly from him, but it's like she's like really really wants to like show that she is a Nolan, and she just misses the mark in every way. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Christopher Nolan as our listeners may know but I but even I can admit that he does better work than this and uh, it just didn't do it for me at all it just felt like a ripoff so I wouldn't say since she's trying to be a Nolan per se maybe you could say that uh, I think that her strength just lies in television maybe it's not in feature length films because she's done great television absolutely we've Bill, you can listen to Bill and I gush about Westworld season three, a, a, a season, by the way, which she has a lot of control over. Like season three was really more hers than it was Jonathan Nolan's at that point. So like she does good work. I, I want to be clear here in, in case anyone out there connected to Lisa Joy is listening. I like Lisa Joy. I don't like this. I know she's she's capable of doing better work, period. Feel like uh, a teacher talking to me my senior also year. she's uh she's doing uh the fallout series so get ready for that i will get ready for that and reluctantly watch it as i'm sure i will be forced to for the podcast yeah but we I do will, for the podcast i i have no interest in anything fallout at this point unless it's created by obsidian so um, well, it just so happens that we actually have uh, Todd Howard here tonight. Uh, oh, son of a bitch! Not again! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Great to see you. Todd, oh, wait. get out I'm of my so- closet! No, I'm sorry, guys. I forgot he's at my house, but I forgot to feed him. Good. Oh, <laughs> it's no. been a busy week, oh, so no. he stopped. Oh, he stopped scratching against the closet a while ago, you know and what? I just you know forgot what? about it's it. It's been like a week. That explains the new Skyrim port. <laughs> they were they're lost without him back at Bethesda. They're like, yeah. ah, what do just we do? Another Skyrim port. Uh, another Skyrim port. Just get it out. Put there. Skyrim on the on the LG smart fridges. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, so- I mean, so so that's kind of interesting to me because, and I know this is sacrilege. So Ben, please don't hate me for this, but I still have not watched Westworld. Oh. Hmm. So coming coming into this, um. This was kind of like my first foray with this creative team, I guess you can say. Not necessarily like the the, the Nolans proper, but like, you know, with uh, Lisa Joy and everything else like that. Like, kind of my first foray. So, I know that uh, how, how highly everyone speaks of, like, Westworld and everything else. And it's definitely on my to-do list to eventually go back and, and you know, um, experience it. Uh, but I just feel like there's so many elements of this that were great, but it just lacked that. I don't know, that conviction or, like, that dedication to really, like, see it through. I I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, 
you have a great cast, right? But no one really commits. Like this would have been a, a really cool role, I think, if it was written in a little bit different way and like you really got Hugh Jackman to like commit and put in like a Les Mis performance where it's almost kind of over the top a little bit, but he maybe embodies that kind of noir uh, protagonist role even a little bit more where it was maybe a little more over the top. I mean, if that makes sense, where there's a little bit more energy to it. There are certainly scenes where you got shades of that, but I feel like it never it, it so, never transcended so, so, uh, just kind of being so my, my, mediocre. My biggest complaint is definitely not, you know, the acting or anything. I, I think Hugh Jackman did a, a serviceable job. Like, it wasn't bad. Sure. He just wasn't down. No, all he's all the way. never bad. He, he just wasn't down. I mean, all the way. My problem, honestly, was is the pacing of the plot. Mm-hmm. There was this really bad moment where they just like shoehorned in a ton of things where you know they're at the police station and they're starting to see the protests going on. And like the a scene later, he's just like going down a different rabbit hole. It's like, oh, all right, slow the fuck down. You, you're supposed to like get this clue and kind of draw it out a little bit and get another clue and draw it out a little bit. But they shove like five things at you at once. I, I don't remember the specific. <coughs> order that it happened in but i i was like what the fuck is going on slow down maybe they took up too much screen time with those big wide shots of a flooded miami that they <laughs> they, they realized they were running out of time and had to shoe in a bunch of plots lines together i don't know but well, no, I, shoehorn a movie in there yeah <laughs> i uh yeah oh god we have to put a movie in this setting um i uh no i was gonna say that i feel like the pacing is probably the worst part of the movie. Um, and also the way they implemented noir. So can we just, I, I, I just want to say, I wish they would have like Blade Runner it, you know, in the original theatrical release of Blade Runner, they had the, uh, you know, the voiceover uh, narration throughout the whole film. And then they decided to do the director's version, which completely erased it. So you had to figure out things. I wish I know like it's a noir element, but also bad is bad. Like it's just bad is bad. And I'm sorry. I know it's a classic element, but it's not good. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I didn't mind it that much, but I do see what you're talking about. Well, it's like you, there will be so many things that about the plot that would emerge naturally that you were force fed that you didn't realize you were force fed. I always say the same thing about noir films that I do with comic books from, like, older... Just comic books in general, honestly. Whereas, it, 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 this will make sense. In the comic book, uh, back in the day, 60s, 70s, even up until the 80s, um, narrative boxes were very, very important. The box would be... would have... It wouldn't be anyone speaking. It'd just be a narrator saying, like, oh, and then this character... And then Spider-Man does this. And then there's the image below it. And it was very important because artistry was not at a level level capable of uh, properly illustrating exactly what was going on. As great as, you know, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko were, they, you know, going up against, like, artists nowadays, they, they can't compete to what was happening because they, they, it just didn't make sense they, they, they didn't uh, they didn't have that kind of style to go off of at all so yeah. they were pioneers but it's the same thing with noir films whereas back in the day that narration was really important 
because people didn't have anything to kind of base their critical thinking skills in a film off of. So that narr narration is super important in a noir film that's about mysteries and it needs to kind of keep the audience going without losing them uh, to the mystery itself because many people aren't smart enough to follow along. But now people have that kind of critical thinking background that, uh, oh, there's a scientific word for it, like pre-received like pre -received <coughs> knowledge that they can then apply to this situation. You know that, Bill? Uh, uh, not sure. Schema! Oh, schema. Schema! Yeah. It's, they have, audiences have, have the schema now to well, be able to follow along without a narration. So well, that's, I agree. Sure. I, that, I mean, we could go into that deep, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the same thing with plot structure, is like, we have the schema for plot structure, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, when things don't, ex not exactly, I mean, you can definitely make something that's interesting that doesn't follow that pattern, but you won't get the mainstream audience, because that's what we uh -huh. have. That's what we have built for us. So, do, can you guys? Do you guys remember if um, L.A. Confidential had a narration during it? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been I quite a few years so. since I've seen it. I, I don't, don't remember. So. I've been meaning to watch that again too. I, but, yeah, uh, I, I really don't think so. I think yeah. there were certain I, I aspects. I think you're right. I don't think it. It did. I, I, I think but that, there might to have been... me that's a good noir story. So, and they didn't have a narration. So, well, I uh, think you're there right. were a couple. There were a couple like intense scenes where they were talking about. I think during like the the interrogation scene in L.A. Confidential, I think they had a little bit of narration, but not to the level that this movie was. Right. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, no, I would say. I mean, the concept, the concepts in the movie are really cool. Um, I'd say that, like we said, with the noir elements, some of it is like not necessary. I really would like to think about. I mean, I don't want to watch the movie again, but I really think I like the idea of watching the movie without narration. But at the same time, I don't want to watch it again. Um, yeah, no, it seemed kind of hackneyed. Like everything, everything that was a plot twist that should have been like <gasps> is more like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That was my reaction at every. I was testing. I I I just built a new uh, a new commander deck uh, for Magic: The Gathering, so. I was really excited, more, way more excited about that than this movie. So about 40 minutes in or so, I was like, oh man, you know what? I wonder how it plays up against my older deck that I had made. So I, I, I decided to play myself in, in Magic while I was watching this movie. And I was still like, I was like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Oh, he was the one, yeah, she's dead and it's his fault. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Well, really... What really bothered me, um, and I, I actually didn't sleep much last night thinking about this, um, they know that there's always going to be water on the streets there, kind of overflows by like the, uh, you know, the, the, the seawall, yet none of them wear like waders or anything. They're all wearing normal shoes. Uh, no, that I, does I bother think, me. I think that they no, actually, they point out that there's, uh, Hugh Jackman's shoes, when he I'm goes pretty to, sure, are like rubber boots. When he goes to the Dead Coast. They make a point to show his shoes, but every, they show the one scene where he's like walking down where his office is, and he's wearing normal shoes. They're like I, normal sure, shoes. I'm pretty so sure what I'm hearing, I've seen a few Shoegate, times where he's just, shoe, this is Shoegate. I'm gonna go back and no, I'll resubscribe sure to HBO where, Max because he was walking through a puddle. I was like, God, that's gotta get old. And then like the next shot after it shows him walking, <laughs> and he's got like his pants are tucked into rubber boots. I was like, oh, Okay, he's got. Just like yellow, uh, like also, knee high. I think the point is, he reaches down and grabs the earring out of the water. Uh, with the first, like when the door is knocked on and he's getting out of the pool or whatever the fuck you want to call it, 
and he he goes outside, and the car's driving away, and he like looks down and he finds the earring. That water was clear and pure, and we've yes. all walked on the street before, mm-hmm. and that shit is not clean. Mm-hmm. At all. Even even under been. the music room, that water was like nice. It was like oh, also, that looks like all of that shit would have been that. eaten away from all the fucking salt water that is all over the yeah. place. But ever, yeah, I don't know. Well, that made me laugh too because like when they're you know they're they're uh, kind of insinuating that this event has happened over the last decade right so like all these areas are kind of flooded and they're just inundated and and literally underwater at all times especially when he goes uh to you know uh, cliff curtis's um you know danger island or whatever and they're running around like there's like papers and stuff like there's music you know like sheet music like on top of a dresser and it's like all like these crisp this crisp paper and it falls in the water and it's like that shit would be falling apart. It'd be soggy. There'd be mold and mildew everywhere, especially if it's in Miami. Just imagine, like, you know, the heat and the humidity and then the water in those structures. Like, imagine that. Uh-uh. I don't, imagine just, I don't buy it for I'm, one minute. I'm just, just imagining that everywhere. Cliff Curtis, his entire <laughs> career, he's been putting aside money from every single paycheck so he can one day buy an island. <laughs> They call it Cliff Curtis's Danger Island. <laughs> and he just does a te- yeah. he just does a terrible fucking like New York accent the whole time. Well, and cut, people cut just cut come visit the, him on well, his island. Cut out the avocado well, toast and you can get an island. That's the thing. Like I said, this movie actually had several you know titles. They were talking about okay, maybe like a sequel to Lame Miz. No, that's not going to work. They wanted to call it uh, the Hot Tub Time Machine Three. That didn't work. Uh, Cliff Curtis's Danger Island. That didn't work either. So reminiscence, I guess. It's that the, time machine. <laughs> it's, it's a couple, a few more syllables than are required, but no, I guess you know, reminiscence will have to work. It's noir hot tub time machine. That's what this movie is. Perfect perfection. I uh <laughs> oh I I, I want to get off the water real quick, but I do think that there was at the very very beginning. He fishes out like a queen from the water, a card, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. He does that, and then afterwards his hand isn't wet. He like literally picks it up, and his hand is not wet. I was like, that's very basic. There was like, the my guess is there was no there was no script supervisor on this film. Because that I, I wanted to say this about the boot the boots earlier. My guess Jason is that he is supposed to have rubber boots this whole time, but Hugh Jackman was like, I'm not walking in rubber boots this whole movie. When you don't see my feet, please do not put me in these rubber boots. And they're like, yeah, that's fair, whatever. And some script supervisor missed the fact that he is wearing normal shoes in a shot that you can see his feet. And same thing with the queen. Someone's missed the fact that his hands should be wet for picking up the card in the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's <laughs> why is there a picture I, of Cliff Curtis in our chat? It's it's like one of those things where like <laughs> I feel like Hugh Jackman. It's like if I were the ad actor, I would be like, shouldn't my hand be wet? And they're like, listen, listen, line parrot. Just say your lines Duh. and fucking do the movie. We got stuff going on back uh, here. That's I'm, give, I'm giving you two Cliff. Uh, Cliff Curti, two, two Cliff Curtises. Uh, we know which it's, one do you it's think looks more? Because of reminiscences. Yeah, which one do you think looks more Danger Island? Oh, the top. The, the top. beard. <laughs> Absolutely. The beard. That's only a three-year difference, by the way. <laughs> He's been stressed, man. <laughs> He's had a rough He's... three years there. Yeah. All right. Um. 
yeah no i mean i i don't know i guess that's that's kind of funny like with with a lot of those scenes like i feel like i'm all for looking cool right you, you know you walk around walk around northwest indiana like i want to look cool too and hugh jackman doesn't need much help in that department but like come on man you're not gonna wear like suit pants and shoes if you know you're going to work every day and there's three feet of water on the street right. like i'd be wearing i'd be like fishing waders and you know the whole nine yep. yards and the pro- but i guess Honestly, the problem is that doesn't look good on a there movie is poster no fucking reason that everyone there should not be in swimsuits and flip-flops it's so fucking hot outside they said <laughs> but yeah just dress like you're going to the beach every day i am um, i just wanted to mention that i think that the reason that we wouldn't have waders or 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 rain boots is because during the dramatic scenes when hugh jackman is walking by it would be <laughs> Oh, uh, the squeaky! <laughs> squeaky, squeak, it's like rubber squeak, ducky. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be very uh, viable, like sneaking up or you know sneaking around. People. Lying the whole time. Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> um, and then yeah. when he has her, when he has her in his bedroom, just squeak, 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 squeak. Oh, squeak, oh squeak. no, no, that's a different squeak. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I also no, wanted to no, write down some but notes. But when he picks, when he picks her up and throws her on the table, squeak, squeak, squeak. Oh my god. Uh, I, just, I want you guys to know that the top four build cast members uh, do not play anything close to their nationality. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays an American. Good. Uh, oh, see, I'm just, I'm locked into saying Tandy Newton, and I gotta get out of that. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just trying to be respectful, because I actually, it was something when Tandy, I was kind of eh? researching the movie after watching it. Yeah. I, I read that, and then uh, people were asking her, well, you changed the spelling, is the pronunciation the same? And she's like, no. It is not. Yeah, it's, that's why. I was, oh, okay. Uh, well, is that her? Is that her original name? I'm sorry to get. Yes, it is. Topic. Yeah, it is. It's her yeah, original that's, name. That's her, her, her given when name. She that's started her Tandoi. career. Someone misspelled her name, and she just never corrected it, and just I'm went by Tandy Newton. Her she's entire got the star power now to be like, yeah. no, no, no. That's so, my, but, my name uh, is Tandy. Sounds um, like Hollywood. She yeah. is a Brit playing an American. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, a Swede playing a Brit, and Cliff Curtis, a Kiwi playing an American. At no point did they decide to just find actors from those countries <laughs> and uh, let them play those in their 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 uh, their original um, accents. I don't know. I just I found that really strange. Well, we have uh, the uh, casting director from Remnants. 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 This is yeah. Here, and, and so well, while I'm looking at my uh, notes, I said shots were pretty. Dialogue was to be desired. Uh, Lisa Joy can do better. I guess that sums up <laughs> my thoughts of the movie. There you go. Well, one of the things that I... So I, I think I'm glad we kind of did this in the order we did it because I think it's a very freeform conversation here and we touched on a lot of the good things but also kind of the bad things at a glance of the movie. But in terms of like the, the sci-fi content, I guess you can say, um, I liked kind of that whole concept of you know reliving memories in that way i thought it was um i think as i think ben said a little bit ago like a grounded way of kind of exploring that so it does have that kind of sci-fi conceit and the plot revolves around that but it's never like futuristic to the point where you know we're not grounded um you know in in the proceedings i mean it, it feels like it could be 10 years from now you know realistically i don't know if they ever really get into like the time frame we're talking about or whatever but um so i thought with what they did with kind of how they explained how this is um how this is possible and 
um, you know, why different folks would kind of pursue this type of thing. You know, it shows some different people uh, using it for mundane things like, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, find find. I want to uh, what was the one guy in the beginning a reliving, you know, memories with his dog. And then you have other people who it almost treat it like a drug addiction, you know, like they're addicted to living in the past and reliving these memories. Uh, Hugh Jackman's character, I think, being a, a prime example of that, especially later in the film. Like, I, I did like that. You know, I enjoyed kind of how that was presented um, and how it was explored. Um, and I don't know. It, it just seemed like very realistic and very grounded. They didn't. It's like this amazing technology, but they never really sat there and, you know, said like, wow, this is a miracle of science that we can do this. It's just kind of a reality of their reality. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Ben? It's it's cool. Um, I did want to, I also wanted to talk about it because we are a sci-fi podcast, of course. We got to talk well, about it. Well, I was going to get there eventually. Oh, I know you were. I, I know just you wanted were. to keep ragging on the movie a little bit. <laughs> but that's the thing is that there's not a lot to talk about. There really, really isn't. Like, they, they have this kind of uh, magic machine that they don't go into, which is fine. You don't need to go into it. We never, we don't rag on people for not going into things when they don't have to because sometimes when you go into it too much, uh, you hurt yourself. And it's it's often a stronger method to just kind of not get too into the, the nitty gritty of it all. I like some of the aspects of like blanking, not asking a leading question. Uh, if you ask a leading question, then it's going to seize up in, in the search for a memory it doesn't have. I think that's pretty neat. Um, but but most importantly, um, the whole the whole message, the whole sci fi message of it all is like, you know, don't be obsessed with the past. It's like. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's what you had? That's that's what you had? This feels a lot to me like an idea Lisa Joy has had for quite some time um, for, like, a cool idea for a movie, you know? Like, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if, like, there was a movie where you could, like, relive the memories and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, 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 that'd be cool. Like, what do you got? What do you got? Well, I'll write it. I'll write it. And, like, like she wrote the cool idea for the story, and then she was like, oh, man, I'm I'm Lisa Joy. I I did Westworld. I need a theme. I need something. I need something here. What do I, what do I do? Oh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, don't look back. Oh, what's a, what's another thing that you don't look back in? Oh, Orpheus. I'll just write this in at the end here. That, that'll be the story. Like l- literally looking back, helped him find her looking back, helped him find the child who was being hunted. So I don't want to hear it. There's nothing here um, <laughs> that, that, that was actually well thought out. It was like there was a story and then a theme squeezed in at the end and on a movie poster, and, and that's it. So, boo. Yeah, I'd say it doesn't really make me ask him any questions. So. Oh, he's not asking it? I asked some questions. Like what? Like, uh... Why is Hugh Jackman not actually working? Uh, I asked, why is Lisa Joy uh, ruining her career like this? I asked, what, I asked often, what does Christopher Nolan think about this film? Does I he think, like it? Yeah, I think about that all the time. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that <clears throat> um, Paw Patrol movie uh, yes. released, in, released in theaters. Yeah. Uh, got a box office of thirteen million dollars. Yeah. So same weekend, and it got yeah. thirteen million dollars. That's because mommy do... and daddy knew they could just go home and put on 
the movie that, on HBO once the kids went no, to bed. That was box, box office. office. What three thousand one hundred eighty four <laughs> theaters played it, and they made thirteen one thousand three hundred and what three thousand three thousand one hundred eighty four theaters. It is also it. worth well, noting no, that's that what I'm saying is mommy and daddy took the kids to see Paw Patrol and then went home later that night and watched this movie on oh. HBO. That's what I'm trying to say. It is also worth noting that this movie did break a record. It what's, did break a record. What's the record? Uh, a very important record. It Most is... Most wet socks. Yes. The worst debut of all time <laughs> for a film playing in over, over, over 3,000 theaters. <coughs> it Damn. is officially the worst box office debut of all time. Yeah, this wow. movie finished seventh this weekend. I kind of wish it was a lot worse. Seventh. With that, you know, like it was it was tepid, but it wasn't like a horrible movie. But to open up in 3000 theaters and to be the worst opening of all time, I kind of didn't want it to be this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a point I was going to make too. I mean, I haven't really had a ton of time lately to like really indulge in watching movies or watching shows or anything like that. I really haven't pursued that. And for whatever reason, knowing that we had to watch this for the cast yesterday, I like got all my ducks in a row and like got all my free trials to all my subscription services lined up. And I watched like five movies yesterday, right? Reminiscence was one of them. But then kind of flanking that, I watched Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Then I watched Reminiscence, then I watched Super Deep, and I watched, you know, a bunch of, like, kind of horror, sci-fi, and whatever. And the one thing, like, I wouldn't say any of those movies necessarily has the production value or the star power or, or anything of a Reminiscence, but they were fun. You know, they, they just, they didn't have to be, I don't know, they weren't that, but they were much more entertaining and much more fun and just much more engaging than reminiscence was and i don't think that's necessarily a, a tonal thing it's not that you know reminiscence is a serious movie and those other movies are kind of goofy or creature features or whatever but uh, there just wasn't a lot of um a lot of kind of meat to really grab onto i think as we said like the whole magic machine um uh, the hot tub memory time machine was a great conceit but I think there's a lot more that needed to be done with it in order to kind of make it uh, a viable, um, a viable concept to kind of hinge your whole story around. And if the story had been a little bit stronger, or maybe had been approached in a different way, uh, maybe it would have made up for it. But I think that's ultimately what we're left with is just high concept story that was kind of lackluster. Um, a lot of performances that were, you know, from great actors that were just kind of mediocre or left kind of something to be desired and you know just generally a beautiful film but it really couldn't justify its existence or justify the effort that was put in to kind of create that world and they certainly tried there's a lot of, we still we didn't even talk about it but like a lot of world building with the the war and you know the unrest in the streets and a lot of things that kind of skirted around they didn't really dive too too far into those but you know i, I don't know maybe exploring some of those themes or topics as opposed to the lengthy 15 minute long conversations or you know whatever might have been a better use of time we'll never know by the way psycho gorman is still in the is still top of the list for me as far as sci-fi films this year goes just one definitely incredible. that was great it's i love it film. it's it's incredible if you are listening to this podcast and you still haven't watched psycho gorman shame on you oh i have i have right here 
this visual medium, this visual device for this audio podcast, but this is mostly for you, Jason. This is Psycho Gorman uh, Limited Hunky Boy Ultimate Edition. <laughs> uh, That's I, awesome. I was so Thanks. excited to get this. It cost me like $40. I'm not upset about it. Uh, I got trading cards in here. I'm like afraid to open it. Like I'm like, oh, I'm like really just I, I love every single second of this. And I want to like want to savor the plastic wrap on this movie for like the day, like the day, <laughs> like maybe my wedding day one day. I don't know. But like it's got to <laughs> let it age a bit. But I just wanted to share it. That's beautiful. All right, boys. Um, <clears throat> I think we've come to that place where uh, we go around the table and we say good sci-fi or bad sci-fi. Um, we're going to start, obviously, with Jason, given his uh, where he would sit if we were sitting around Bill's table. <laughs> years obviously. ago, ye old yeah. times. God, it was uh, years ago, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, years ago, literally, literally and figuratively, years and dozens and dozens, if not like hundreds, of nondescript seltzers later. Almost a year and a half. Yep, all those things. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I'll try to keep it pretty succinct. Once again, uh, the only thing we didn't touch on in the main cast that I just thought of was just his Hugh Jackman's ending. You know, his character's ending. I thought it was like very, I don't know, not a fucking weird. Fucking it was weird. awful. Not not a good way to end the movie, and just very like weird, uh, and nihilistic. Then he, and then like <laughs> you know like and then like Watts's granddaughter is like sit there. Do you miss him, Grandma? Like what? We weren't even talking about that child. We were talking about baking bread. Why are you here? Why and are you in I my home? I will just say too that they're like insinuating that this is you know decades and decades later. There'd be a lot of poo-poo in that, too. A lot of poo-poo. I assume they have it handled, <laughs> but I did like to think that he would be very pruny. Maybe. There, he'd be he'd be pruny. There'd be a lot of poo-poo. Maybe he's I just, hooked up you know, hey guys, closet. Guys, it's Miami. <laughs> it's Miami, <laughs> which is a magical city. Anything's possible if you, you can't tell. You can't tell me that that old, bank, vacuum. <laughs> that old bank building didn't have a poo-poo closet. <laughs> That's going to be a deleted scene as it's just like... Uh, you know, uh, Cliff Curtis. Now that his like he's his brain's fried, or whatever, he just comes in. He's the janitor for that building, and he just has like the poo poo sucker. And he just goes up to Hugh Jackman's tube and just <laughs> <laughs> just a guy in a jumpsuit. Just it's worth also up. noting he doesn't have right, a feeding hey, tube in. How is he alive still? What is this? I, I literally uh, my, my 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 what I love to imagine in my little mind palace that i've created of this is that he gets out of the tank butt-ass naked and tiptoes to the bathroom like but really quickly like a quick tiptoe <laughs> he's just like oops just a second i gotta it's, yeah, it's cold it's you gotta go quick cold. it's a little cold like he's playing a multiplayer by, game by he's, really he's usually pretty really moist so it's pretty humid in here okay well i'm gonna go back to the tank yeah, for my live out his life sentence. Yeah, that's the thing, man. He doesn't need food. He's just sustained by the good vibes of uh, reliving all his, you know, memories with his his girlfriend. Um, no, but sorry, I just I wanted to mention that before we wrapped up. 
Yeah, just very middling sort of movie. I really can't say that it was bad sci-fi or a bad movie. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like, come on, we're talking about like Tomorrow War. Like that was a bad movie. This wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't. It, it, I don't know. It just didn't have that like extra bit of substance. I think that we really enjoy uh, in the types of films and, and media that we cover on this podcast. So I'd say, you know, mediocre film, mediocre to bad sci-fi. It really didn't ask any questions. It just kind of hinged its whole existence on the, the magic machine, as Ben said. And, and it just wasn't enough in this case. All right. Thank you, Jason. Uh, ben. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, this is uh this is worse than bad. It's mediocre. Like Jason said, it uh it, this movie is not my enemy like many others we've encountered. Uh nor is it my friend like like some we've encountered. This movie is boring and it's forgettable. It will sink into the darkness of our minds and we won't even remember the full plot of this movie. And we already Lisa don't remember Joy, the full plot of this movie. Lisa Joy will have to live with the fact that her directorial debut is this. And it's a oh. bummer. But uh, mediocre sci-fi, mediocre film, uh, eager, eager to start forgetting it right now. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Bill. How about that twist where Walt Jr. was the mastermind behind everything? Come on. Oh, I did not see that coming. Wow. Wow. I didn't give a fuck. Okay, so <laughs> it's just we bad sci fi. <laughs> it's bad sci fi. I, uh, I, you know, if for a movie that I sort of half watched while work was slow, yeah, cool. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I watched half this movie on my planning period at work. Um, I had a really, I had a really positive experience one time, Bill, in a Dunkin' Donuts. They gave me uh, two for one donuts. So in my basement in Lowell, I actually have recreated that Dunkin' Donuts, and I go down there and I relive that scene every day. That's how we start our mornings out. You can ask Jess. I walk in there and he goes, "Hey, you're the thirteenth customer. It's two for one donuts." And I go, "Really?" Oh, God. And she says, yep, and that's how we start every morning. Literally, oh. a full-size, fully functional Dunkin' Donuts in my basement. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? Oh, my God, that was beautiful. That was so beautiful. Um, that was art. And then it's like, I hear it. I can hear it. Two for one Donuts. <laughs> oh, Two you for brought one your donuts? dog in here. We're not a dog-friendly place, but it's okay. You can bring him in today. Um, this place is awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, I think Ben said it best. I think Lisa Joy had a good idea for a sci-fi movie. Uh, and then when it came time to actually write a movie, don't think she just had all those little I's dotted, all those little T's crossed. A uh, lot, of, lot of holes in this movie. Uh, I think having a great cast couldn't even save it, unfortunately. But, you know, there's always next time. Well, maybe. I think Lisa's going to be stuck with TV for a while, so she probably won't make a movie again for a little bit. But hey, alright, it, it's all good. Go work on Westworld, Lisa. Hey, honestly, guys, far from the worst movie we've ever done on this podcast, and far from the best movie we've ever done on this podcast, which was Ed Astra, right? Uh... uh 
that as a joke. I'm just kidding. We don't we don't actually know what the best movie was. Um, but no, I I'm just okay with it. I, like Ben said, I'm just ready to forget the movie and just not talk about it anymore. Anyways, folks, there I, you have it. That was our take was really on reminiscences. Reminiscences. I think we can probably give this movie the award for the most syllables in a one-word title. Reminiscence. Yeah, so that's four, right? Yeah. Has there been any other one-word? Now, we're not, I mean, there's movies we've done with more syllables, but there's also more words in the title. Sure, sure. Reminiscence is one word. Sure. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm doing my. I'm doing. I mean, research. I'm just trying to find I, some I, things. I, I think. For I think Ben uh, and Miller, you can edit out the time lapse. I think Ben could probably figure this out for us real quick. I'm scrolling through. Uh, um, you know, but also remember, it did also break a record. Uh, for being the worst. Uh, the worst ever. The worst. The worst commercial. Movie. I know, but I think we've shat over movies a lot worse than this. So. Do we count hyphens as one word? No. No. It's Not if it's going to prove it, me wrong. It's, one a, word. it's a hyphenated word. <laughs> one solid word. Uh, it is tied so far with Interstellar. Oh. oh. Well, uh, hey, connection there. It's that, it's that whole damn family. Nolan, Nolan adjacent. You see what I'm doing. That whole right damn now. family. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at the 50s. <laughs> uh, devs, of course. Mm. Devs is a one one syllable. I know. Devs wins. I mean, lots of Star Wars. Terminator. Did we do just the first Terminator? Yeah, we did. No, we did Judgment Day. It's also the Terminator tech. I guess that still still counts for you. Uh, looks like it's tied with Interstellar. It's tied with Interstellar for most syllables. All right. I appreciate your effort there. Thank you for that, Ben. But but doing to the, be doing fair, the difficult work for us. At no point in uh in Interstellar, uh this is the tiebreaker here. At no point in Interstellar do they say Interstellarers. So uh <laughs> So Reminiscence wins for the for the most obnoxious title because they do uh, say reminiscences. I have to live in my reminiscences. I didn't think about that though, but both movies spend uh, inordinate amount of time in uh, ankle deep water. How? Okay, but like literally, uh, but like literally, I thought those. Was... They have boots on though, yeah, and that's definitely like sealed. So I doubt any of that water was getting in there. Oh Whereas Hugh Jackman definitely was not wearing any. Oh, he got he got that trench foot, boy. Yeah. Okay, Ugh. so uh, boys, coming up in the next few weeks here. Uh, next week, I will not be on the podcast, unfortunately. No! You've got to be on the podcast! I absolutely refuse All right, to I'll reschedule it. Don't worry. Well, if you keep rescheduling it, whenever it comes up again, I'm just not going to be on the cast. It is I, a cinematic masterpiece. Because I don't want to cover Spy Kids. This is for Bill's birthday. Well, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to miss Bill's great. birthday? Uh, Bill's birthday was, like... What July seventh, seventeenth? Right, but I, I God, you were so cast. close. July eighth. Good job. 8th, I'm sorry. Good July eighth. No, no, yeah. you're good. You're good. Yeah, Bill, that's in the past. It doesn't matter anymore. True. Your birthday <laughs> I, doesn't matter. I put this on the the podcast on the schedule for him because he had it as a birthday request. So yeah. if you're gonna miss a birthday request, that's fine. I'm gonna miss all of Miller's dumb birthday requests in the future. Wait, Colin, what's your birthday? 
Uh, I know his birthday. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. It doesn't matter. There you go. Exactly. Um, and then after that, we're doing a... What, what is that? I believe it's pronounced Baccarau. Baccarau, which is that sci-fi? It was, uh, it was, it, it's apparently sci-fi, though a little bit light sci-fi from what I've read. Uh, and it was Barack Obama's, uh, favorite sci-fi film of 2020. Okay. Wow, that's got a hell of a cast. Wait, it's called Baccarau? Baccarau, I believe it's, it's pronounced. Or it's, or it, it's Portuguese, so is it Baccarau? I don't, I don't speak Portuguese. I couldn't even begin to tell you. Because it's is that the one with the well, little. I have, Spanish I, have, is I have my reserved feelings on the Portuguese. It might be Bathorau. I don't uh, know. Though. Ben, that's all we have scheduled. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll update. We got lower decks in October, but other okay, than that, uh, we'll talk about some things. Cause I know I've thrown some things at you. We just have to find out what. Well, uh, we can put Spy Kids two on September fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> And then Spy Kids 3. Jason, do you have anything coming up that you want to do? We need a Spy Kids I do, month. actually. We can I sort have, this uh, out off the cast. Uh, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, yeah. right, we'll, we'll talk about I it. I think that is uh, all we have time for tonight. So until next time. <clears throat> Why are people walking on milk crates? Uh, it's a TikTok thing. Why is that? white? what? I guess I. It's, 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 it's just a TikTok. I think if you say it's a TikTok thing, that just there's no need for explanation any further. People are, are just they, doing dumb things to get views. Are they walking an, on milk crates outside your house right now? I am just gonna say that I'm an old senile millennial, and I don't understand it. I'm an old senile millennial, and I don't know how to use it. Look, we've already taken the eat ass category for our generation. The next generation has to find their own little niche. Yeah. Kick ass. Man, I can't. I, <laughs> I can count how many. I can't count how many times I've said, shut up, Grandpa. We eat ass now. It's 2021. <laughs> well, hopefully not too frequently, but <laughs> no, it's it's every day, at least once a day. It's actually to his dad every day. It's actually I, <laughs> I call my dad and my grandfather, and I tell them both, and they're just like, "Billy, stop, please!" And I'm like, "It's 2021, Grandpa. We eat ass now." So get on over here. I'm hungry. What? No, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. It's it's disgusting. Did I take it too far again? Yeah. Yep. Can't wait for my mom to listen to that.